Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 1921, white mobs in Tulsa terrorized and burned down the Greenwood District, known as the Negro Wall Street. With the discovery of a mass grave, the city reckons with its painful past. In the early 20th century, racial violence erupted in dozens of cities across the United States and killed hundreds of people. Black communities fought back, rebuilt, and prospered in the face of extreme oppression and the evils of white supremacy. That the film is called Rise Again, Tulsa and the Red Summer, and we're joined today by the director and producer of the film, and that would be Don Porter. Don, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thank you. It's good, as always, to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, another film about, for me personally, for a, a part of American history with which I was only vaguely familiar. I think Tulsa has been coming up in conversations for the last few months, so that I obviously knew something about it. But really, in my own frame of reference, this is something that I didn't know anything about until, let's say, a year ago. In some ways, not shocking, but in other ways, completely horrifying. So tell me a little bit about your inspiration to to do this film. I didn't know about it either. And, and I think that that's a common experience for Americans, at least. About six or seven years ago, I had done these four short films for the Smithsonian African American Museum of Culture and History. That was the first time I saw the footage from Tulsa. And it's mainly footage, um, it's footage of Black Wall Street and footage of the aftermath of the riots, of the fire bombings yes. of that neighborhood. But I didn't know about the Red Summer. And so uh, when National Geographic came to me and said, would you be interested in doing something about Red Summer? Um, they introduced me to Deneen. And that was really my education. Um, she has covered you know, the, uh, the Tulsa massacre in depth and Together, we decided to expand this film project to cover just some of the massacres that happened in the period of the Red Summer. Just to flesh that out a little bit, Deneen Brown is a reporter for the Washington Post, an award-winning journalist. And this has been sort of something that she has looked into extensively in her writings and her reporting. So not just Tulsa, but Red Summer and so many other aspects. If you go to the Film School Radio website, you'll see the interview we did with her as well. But I want to go back and sort of frame this because for me, it sort of starts with Reconstruction and then and then the abandonment um, on the part of the federal government to that effort and the, and the repercussions and ramifications moving forward. Is that a good place to start? That is a great place to start. And I'm so glad that you backed us up even further because I think... Um, these gaps in our knowledge and understanding of our history um, are really significant. You know, there was this kind of honeymoon period during Reconstruction where the government was supporting, you know, former slaves and they thrived. Several of them became representatives in, in, in Congress. They were started rebuilding their own black communities. And then you see in just a few decades later, you start to see those communities that had taken root, and Tulsa is among them, you started to see the backlash against um, that success. And that's a really important part of this story, is the reason for these massacres was not some random hatred 
of dark-skinned people. It was people who, uh, the myth of white supremacy was being challenged. And yeah. there were these successful communities that were springing up across the country. People were on their way to some semblance of equality. And that caused the backlash. And just personally, when I was in school, I remember learning about Reconstruction. And immediately I learned about carpetbaggers. And I remember sort of the, all of these different things now have a completely different context for me. And, and, and that's so kind of the beauty of documentary film is that we can go in, you know, it's never too late to go back in and, and fill in, you know, some of these missing pieces. And, and for me, there was a strange sensation that this was a relief. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. It never made sense yes. that, you know, people were just kind of stagnant. And so when you see there's this constant push and pull for equality in America, that's a very American story. And today we are in that, that next iteration of that push and pull. And if we know that history, yes. we understand a few things. One is that the, it will always, it will always happen. People will always push up against oppression. But the other thing is progress has been made. And so, but at, at some cost. And so we should be vigilant about, you know, what our current kind of movements for progress um, are going to experience. Again, I'll go back to my own personal kind of understanding of all these things, because after when I was learning about Reconstruction, it was just kind of this, uh, you know, 20,000 foot overview of what happened and why. I didn't know about the abandonment or the part of the federal government of that effort. I didn't, what the impression, the residue of what I learned, which wasn't really a lot, but the residue was, well, it was a failure. And therefore, it must have been a failure on the part of the black people in in the south it, it, that's how that's sort of the what's left in my brain well, about it you're right if you're not given the facts you fill in you know yeah. we we all do that we fill in the story in the only way that it makes sense so the error of omission yes is just as significant as the error of commission so not teaching and allowing um, inferences to be made from the scant amount of information that we're given that creates a lasting misunderstanding of history. And part that's part of why I'm proud of this film yeah. is it's just skimming the surface and trying to start to begin to unpack that and, and uncover it and, and correct that history. But the other lesson is we, we need to find out facts for ourselves. Exactly. We need to go, and that's why it was so important to work with Deneen, who, as you say, award-winning reporter, never met a fact she didn't want to check. That's why we show her with the historians right. showing the documents. Right. Um, it's very hard to challenge facts that you're looking at, um, although some will try. <laughs> yes, and and we'll get to that because there she's in the McFarland Library, I believe, and there you're seeing. This is again. We'll get into this, but the postcards we're seeing postcards, like this is some kind of tourist attraction or something. I mean, but I, before we before we get there, um, let's go back to the Red Summer again. Another piece of American history with which I was not familiar. I do want to also frame that in the context of the early part of the 20th century, the rise of the Ku Klux Klan as a political force, maybe the most dominant political force in the country. It's hard to imagine now, maybe not so, so hard to imagine now, but nonetheless, and also Woodrow Wilson, Birth of a Nation, sort of creating this cultural 
space for these things to happen. That is so significant. Culture reflects and documents, you know, the, the contemporary feeling. And so that effort to create a story around what was happening in America is so significant because that's what remains. Yeah. If we don't have images and reporting and accurate facts to counter that narrative, that's all that's left. Yeah. So understanding, and, and that's where it was really important for the black press to be doing its job. Right. So the facts were there for people to find them. And the black press did a heroic job. Journalists like Ida B. Wells, who went south um, under cover of night, crossing rivers by herself in order to, to take firsthand accounts of what had happened to people. And then what Ida Wells did is she would fact check those, those accounts. And that, that record is so precious because she is able to almost single-handedly, in some cases, document atrocities um, that otherwise would have gone unreported. But the black press across the United States was similarly doing that reporting and keeping you know, that record of history for us to discover if we just ask the question. Yeah, again, another person who I was vaguely familiar with, Ida B. Wells, I'd heard her name. Thank you for helping to sort of fill in some other part of American history that I was not familiar with. And it, this is just incredibly important. And I want to go just briefly talk about Birth of a Nation and the impact it had on, because motion pictures were literally, this is really in some ways the biggest, most significant film, certainly of the first half of the 20th century. Let's just put it in those terms, right? That's right. Because, because in ter And in terms of the, the percentage of the population who saw the film, a remarkable percentage, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but a huge percentage of the public saw this and it was shown at the White House. But Woodrow Wilson was talking about it as this incredible uh, event. And so again, and the, and this is the time when, the, when as I recall those photos of the Ku Klux Klan marching through Washington, DC are in, right. this, in this exact period of time we're talking That's about. Right. Right? That's right. So you have, um, you know, on the ground, you have the Klan demonstrating in person with the authority and, you know, basically blessing of the president of the United States. And that is the narrative. I mean, it's as if there was one television channel. There was one source of information and it's coming from the leader of this country. And the narrative was, you know, the, the black savage man who's just, you know, filled with lust and have to, and, and chasing the white woman. When you see those images, those are, those penetrate, you know, society. And that is, you see, we see today the fear of the black man, you know, the idea that that black people can withstand pain. There's this idea, there's this savagery, there's this dehumanization of black people. And that dehumanization allows things like massacres to occur. Thank you. But it also allows things like police violence to occur today. Yeah, thank you for bringing us back. Yes, by the way, the film is called Rise Again, Tulsa and the Red Summer. I think I misidentified it earlier. It is going to be screening or playing on uh, Nat Geo as well as Hulu beginning this Friday, June 18th. So we won't have enough time to really get into the actual race massacre that particular incident that sparked it, which again, isn't just one small window into just how oppressive this system is and those people. 
You know, the Greenwood community in Tulsa really was a shining star um, in Black America. People had jobs, they had houses, they had good schools, they had lives. They were just living lives. Not everyone was wealthy, but some were. And, you know, the community was really self-sufficient with stores and they were they were just living lives. And that really was a cause of concern and envy. And you have these kind of trumped up charges that Dick Rowland assaulted an elevator operator, Sarah Page, again, echoing the birth of a nation myth of the savage black man. And so that rumor, false rumor, begins to circulate in Tulsa. And it's just the excuse that is needed for a white mob to gather. Black people take to the streets also to defend their community. There's a shot that goes off. And that really is the the, the powder keg. You know, that's the ignition of, of the powder keg. But in that moment, 35 blocks, the entire town of Greenwood was demolished, not only by fires and looting, but also by bombing from the air. It is documented that planes were dropping firebombs on black men, women, and children in Tulsa, literally to obliterate that community. And then after their their homes and businesses and schools were and churches were burned and bombed, they interned 6,000 black people in internment camps. Yeah. This is history that we have to acknowledge and we have to acknowledge the re- not only the fact that it happened, but the reasons why and start to investigate those reasons. And the reasons why we didn't know about it. And the reasons why we didn't know about it. And the reasons, you know, it is 2021. It is 100 years later. This is the 100 year anniversary of, of Tulsa. The, our film starts to, to, to cover some of the other massacres. There were more than 25 massacres during the Red Summer that led to Tulsa. Tulsa is the most well-documented, but there were so many other massacres that happened. One last thing I I do want to say is the story is tough. The facts are terrible, but there's also a story of resistance and resilience. And I don't think it is, the history doesn't go away because we don't study it. It is still there. And if we understand it and study it, perhaps that's the, the key to start the healing, to start to really acknowledge what happened and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Thank you so much. Uh, The film again is Rise Again, Tulsa and the Red Summer. The director, producer, Don Porter joining us today. And as we see again, you know, there are people who are trying to bury our recent history. January 6th, they're trying to bury that. And so this isn't, these are things that will continue to be a part of American culture and history. And uh, if we want to have a thriving society, we have to we have to address these things. And Don, your work, Trapped and Spies of Mississippi, Gideon's Army, so many other films, John Lewis, Good Trouble. Thank you so very much for your work and continue your work. And I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Don. Thank you. I look forward to being here. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.